Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Late Night Date Night, the podcast where once a week I try to fill the empty hole inside me left by uh, my co-host leaving abruptly and uh, painfully. Uh, joining me this week is Lucas. Lucas, tell the, tell the people hi. <laughs> Crying on the inside for you. Uh, so, so Hello, everybody. Real quick, uh, just if you could describe yourself in a single sentence, how would you, how would you do so? Um, right now I'm a teacher and it's summer. <laughs> I, I, perfect summation. Uh, if you're new to the show, uh, we're live every Wednesday on Twitch at 7 o'clock. And if you want to be part of the conversation, you can be. And in between the two topics, we will integrate you into the conversation, potentially. Uh, depending on how good your comments are. Uh, basically the whole idea behind the podcast is we've both prepared a topic completely separately, never spoken about it before, uh, and then we just have a fresh conversation. So without further ado, before we get into the topics, I got the same icebreaker questions that I give everyone. You got two minutes to answer them, Lucas. And I tell you what, you're allowed to skip one. And, and I've added some since the last time I did this, this, uh, speed dating thing. And you... That means I get two and a half minutes then. I was going to... No, 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 no. Uh, but that means be more careful with, uh, which ones you decide, you, which one you decide to skip. Okay. All right. What are your interests? Um, I like teaching. I teach math, so I like math. Um, what kind of math? Like science, physics. Oh, um, high school math. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, play some video games. I watch hockey. Con um, console. When it comes to video games, console or PC? Oh, I, I'm on the PC. Oh, supremacist i get it we get it uh who's got the funk you got the funk oh thank you i appreciate that what's your favorite color uh olive green is there a god what is a god i don't know i thought you were just quoting kanye west at that point uh tell me a secret <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> What's the last good thing you watched? Um, that new Bo Burnham comedy special oh, that so dropped good. on Netflix. Oh, so good. Yeah. I watched it three times already. That's a good one. Uh, who do you look up to? Um, my boss. Okay. How many? 30. What's your favorite food? I gotta go with pizza. Uh, what's a pet peeve you have? Uh, glitter. <laughs> and you're out of time, Lucas. I barely gave you the glitter question. <laughs> but pretty good. You almost made it through all the questions. But I've seen better. Many, many have made it through. So um, I'm both very pleased with your performance, but also mildly disappointed, like my parents. So we're going to jump straight into my, my topic. Uh, because I know you're a teacher, this is something that I, I actually am super interested in myself. I don't even care if people don't like the topic. But my question is, uh, what do you think of the state of the, of the educational system in the United States? Um, how was this last, how did the last year affect you? How can it be made better? And what already works? So it's a lot of parts of that question. So we'll break it down. Let's just start with what would your, what would you say is the state of the education? Like just, this could be a single sentence answer. What is the state of the educational system in the United States in your opinion? Um, 
so current trends are like that <clears throat> everything's getting generally like if, t- if talking about in general generally like defunding or devaluing public education uh, a lot of it's getting privatized it starts at the universities and works its way down in some cases um yeah expect a lot of um very high quality online education that people opt into in the future what do you what do you think of the online education like do you think it's a good option do you think it's something that is is going to be beneficial in the long run or is no, it going to be detrimental um i mean it's just classes so it's it's going to benefit people who are th- who that technology is made for right mm-hmm. made for and by certain groups of people and then everybody else is going to be kind of left, left the dust, on the yeah. on the on, on the other end of the distribution and it you know we're not going to help people who need the help by educating yeah so this last year do you think if we hadn't had covid this do you think we would have gotten here eventually or do you think COVID has expedited it or made it happen at all? Uh, I, I guess time will tell. Um, that's a, that is a good question. I would say probably. I mean, but it's it's made a lot of things shitty, so. <laughs> You're not it's wrong. It's not like education. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's, let's talk about the... Okay, let's talk about before COVID, um, because I've I've heard a lot of people talking um, about how our our education system is is good, but we're not adapting in the ways that certain people need to to be adapted, um, because we just move slower than a, a lot of other places. And I'm not talking about technologically; I'm talking about like curriculum and and not be. Not, stuff not being integrated as essentially when it needs to be. Um, so before COVID, because I think I think it's gonna be hard to answer this for after because we don't know the long term effects. But before COVID, what was working about our education system and what wasn't? Oh, um, <clears throat> so a little bit of background. I teach at a public charter school, and one great thing about something like a public charter school, you know, there's mixed political feelings about it across different beliefs, but um, our school uh, targets a specific community of people and we shape our mission and and the style of schooling that we do to meet those people's educational needs, right? And so we we have a very specific focus and I I like that progression in education. It, It has happened in other parts of our country um, this sort of public charter movement. Um, now it, it's pretty hotly debated whether or not that's a good thing. And some, most of that's like an economic argument, which is fine, but, um, it does make it so that you can have higher quality public education. Um, I think again, it comes back to the, the transfer from public to private, you know, you know, our, our fantastic secretary of education, <laughs> like, you know, or the head of the department of education or whatever, I forget what her title is, but, um, you know, she was of this like really far right belief, if you put it on left right scale, of like, uh, you know, just letting people have school choice is what they call it, right? And you you throw money at people so that they can pay their way into private schools should they value that as an expense, right? And mm-hmm. so, I feel like there's like this big tension in communities um, because of that difference that really you just have to look at your community where you live and decide what's going to work for you there. And then, you know, figure out the politics that's going to make that happen. Uh, it, it, it takes, it takes so long because you don't just start a school overnight. So I, I don't know much about, uh, the, how the system works when it comes to charter schools versus like traditional public education. Uh, do you think you go in, in a charter school? Do you run into the same problems that when it comes to funding and because I, I know at, at least up until like the last couple of years, we were having strikes from from teachers every couple of months. So over, you know, 
not enough, not living wages or uh, not having enough funding for programs or for, you know, supplies. Do you have that same problem at a charter school? Um, for us, generally, no. Um, you know, like, I'm not super educated on the topic. Um, like, this is something I'm still learning about. But um, for us, generally, no. Uh, and one reason for it is we have a very large um, philanthropy arm to our organization. So we, we get a lot of donors um, who buy things for us, you know, or, you know, we'll get, you know, because of our proximity to Silicon Valley here in San Jose, we would get like, um, uh, 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 you know, different grants from tech industry, things like that. Okay. So, I mean, that's hugely beneficial. It, I, I mean, honestly, that sounds ideal, though, if you could take both, you know, government, because because charter schools are still funded through, uh, like, grants from the government, right? They're still, they're still, uh, um, yeah, it, it, it's basically, like, subsidized, subsidized, the, the, right? Um, I mean, it's not, like, a market good, so it's not subsidized, but, like, uh, I would well, say... Well, that's why I did the air quotes. It's, it, the... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, I wasn't looking at. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it 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 it's it's funded in basically the same way. The the it's the same money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has the, the added benefit like, of also having you know philanthropic donors as well. Because I mean, you see that at normal public schools, right. but it's and, not and as common. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's just organized in a different way. I would say that. Okay. So I want to get more more personal then. So, did you did you uh, go through the public education system? Like you were, I did the whole the whole time, right? Um, actually, no. Um, okay. Recently, I got my master's from a private university. All right. So let's talk about your experience within the the education system. Uh, we'll 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 start at high school because I because I think. Uh, you know, middle school and lower, it is the Wild West. I think everyone has a very different experience. But I think high school, it starts to feel more um, level. So, do you feel like you were you personally were properly prepared through our, our public education system? If you're talking, Lucas, I think I... It's a funny moment right there. Okay. <laughs> All right, I think you're good. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I guess the, the, the follow-up is to what and what am I prepared to do? Uh, I, I mean, prepare me to be where I am right now. Mm. Um, I, think, I think it's about... Um, oh, we're, we're, we're losing you again there, Lucas. We're values of if you, if you get a chance I we didn't get any of it you were frozen okay but it looks like the connection's good now so if you can start again I think so <laughs> um so I mean like I think uh I benefited a lot from public education because it puts you into a, a classroom with people from really diverse backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And like for me being a math teacher now being a, in, in teaching high school, like it's really beneficial for me to have had that experience because mm-hmm. I can tell my students stories that match up with experiences that they're having. And like, I can connect on that personal way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's all about where you're going. I think like, I would have been better at math if I had like gone to a, a school that catered to that instruction. But like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I at least know for myself. It just I, is what it is. I think the best education I got was actually through the public education system. I did go to a, a private 
middle and in high school, and I think the education there was significantly inferior to what I what I got from public like elementary school and then obviously university. But my my private school was everything I learned was essentially because I was taking AP classes and they had to have the same curriculum. Everything I learned that was the curriculum built by the private school, absolute garbage. True trash. So I, I, I really believe in, in the public education system. Sorry, um, you said the, the AP classes you took were fine, but the rest of it was trash? In, in private school? 100%. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. So, I mean, full disclosure, it was a, a Christian school, and they took things that should be completely... Like, up until I took AP Bio, everything was through a Christian perspective. Tell you what, Lucas, the sciences don't come out the same way when it's through a Christian lens. It just doesn't. <laughs> when, when you're trying to learn about... Uh, how the Grand Canyon was formed, you know, typically they would teach you about like erosion and how that builds up over time. But I was taught it was the flood. So uh, <laughs> really different education experience. And I, I feel like I, I, I would have excelled more if I had uh, not been in a private uh, school, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some things that you miss. Did you have to take, like, a religious studies class as part of your curriculum? Every single quarter. Every single quarter. At a certain point, you run out of... I've, I've read the Bible too many times. Like, you, it's only one book. You, you can only teach so much. It, it felt like, it felt like uh, taking, like, basically, like, economics every single uh, quarter using the same book and being like, hopefully you take something new from this. So I, 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 I envy your, your public education uh, experience. And I, I salute you, sir. I think, I think it's incredible. I, I think just teachers in general are unsung heroes because you, you you look at like first responders or whatever. Not everyone has like an incredible experience with first responders, but you look at I, I I've never met anyone who hasn't had at least one influential teacher in their life, where it has you know changed their perspective or made them a better person. So you guys are you guys are the real MVPs. Yeah, we're, we're trying to make it more than one, but yeah. <laughs> We'll get there. <laughs> At least one. At least. At least. Have you have you had any uh, personal experiences where people are already reaching out to you and being like, "Oh my gosh, you, you changed my my life," or have you not um, been doing it long enough to where like people are already hitting you up? I've only been teaching for five years, so we'll see. Um, you know, I I do have. Uh, one student, and this is one of the topics that I was thinking about um, for us to get into. And uh, but, like, I have one student who really, really interesting kid, and uh, he was one of the top students at our school. You know, got like straight A's, but he had severe anxiety. Like he was a kind of a perfectionist. Like he had that that kind of going on for him, mm -hmm. and um, and. Uh, so different kid already, and he was a Jehovah's Witness, mm -hmm. or he is a Jehovah's Witness. Uh -huh. um, and, and, you know, we struck up a late relationship because, you know, I like students that really, like, give their everything to, mm -hmm. to their classes and try to just get as much as they can out of it, you know, make, make some use of that experience. And, um, and he was really great about that. And he was <laughs> one of the other teachers in my school. He described this kid as a 40-year-old in a 15-year-old kid's body. Uh -huh. You know, he was just, like, warm, compassionate. He would, like, ask you how you're doing. Like, how's your day? <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry to hear about your divorce, Mrs. <laughs> whoever. Like, <it's, laughs> but, like, in, in, like, a really, like, 
personable way. Yeah. Really interesting kid, just like, just a way different from what you would expect from like a 15 year old, you know. Um, but uh, he, uh, he at the end of like kind of our time, I wasn't his teacher anymore, but it was his senior year of high school. And he invited me to do Bible studies with him. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I started doing Bible studies with him. It was like once a month. And we just kept going and going. And I had never read the Bible before. Uh-huh. And, but he was like, he was like, Mr. Jones, I think you're just a really great teacher. And I wanted to share this with you. Uh-huh. And, uh, and we still keep in touch. We're going to schedule another Bible study again. It's been like three years or something. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay, so he started when as a senior, though, and have you, what is he, that's really cool that you've maintained this relationship this entire time. So, uh, sounds like, my question was, have you touched any students, but sounds like some of your students have touched you. <laughs> I mean, he's the one who... I mean, it, it, it has to be like that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm curious what your topic is in regards to that, though. So you said one of your topics, was it just telling me that story or was it something more? Yeah, I mean, I had written down, like, uh, studying the Bible and, and you just railed off on your uh, your regrettable experiences in, in, well, it's just, in the you, parochial school. Because believe me, I still I still think uh, I, I'm very open to everyone having you know their own faith or uh, like religious studies. I just don't think you should be able to change like actual curriculum to to fit your version. Like because it, there's a lot of I mean like you know the, we can we there, Jesus was a, a person right like we we could. We could Look in, 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 you know, historical records, and there's a guy who was walking around about that time. Like, you, you could prove that, but you can't change things to fit your narrative. I'm okay with you using real-life science to, to prove the things that are real, but you can't change, like, facts to, to, to fit that. Yeah, I, I very much agree. I, I, one, one of the things that got me into really having those deep conversations with that student was mm-hmm. like he had um, his family had opted for him to sit out two of two things in, in our uh, high school biology education mm-hmm. um, that, you know, most kids did, which was you study a unit on evolution and you take sex ed. Mm-hmm. Right. And his family had opted f- and he had opted out. Um, you know, it was like he was unwillingly sitting yeah. this out. Those two areas of study. And, and I actually had a really long conversation with the family about it down the road, um, about like, okay, like, tell me more about that. Like, what, why did you make that choice? And, and it was just really interesting to hear their perspectives about it because it's not, it's not something I had heard before. Mm-hmm. Right. I had never heard that side of the argument do in you, like a really long say, do you mind, form discussion. Way. In a, in a more concise way, do you mind kind of sharing what that perspective was? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the, the biggest thing that I was like, I clicked with, cause I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Is it's like, why are we teaching our kids? Why are we getting this? Usually it's a curriculum in a box, right. That we just say, okay, here's the sex ed. And we're going to talk about these topics. Um, it's something that's so like personal to family. Mm-hmm that their argument was, look, I want to be like, as a mother and father, we want to be the people who talk to our kids about this, because it's a very like personal thing. And we have our beliefs about it that we want to pass down to them beliefs that have been successful for us in our lives. And we think are, are things that are true. Um, and, uh, and we believe we can be good educators on this. And so they, they um, took that initiative themselves. And, and I thought about it more. They didn't specifically say this, but, you know, you just got to think back, like, hmm, what was my 
learning like around that topic when I was going through, you know, middle school, high school, right? What was that like for me? And the things that I have as values, where did I get those from? I didn't get those from two weeks of sex ed. Oh, yeah. Right? I got those from conversations I had with my parents, conversations I had with my friends, you know, just and just, like, watching the world mm-hmm. um, and thinking about it in a critical way. And, you know, like, it's it's a myriad of things, and it's not just all about two weeks on the anatomy of your body that you can figure out pretty easily. I mean, textbook. the thing is you, you need to have parents like he had that will take the time to explain everything that he's missing in those two weeks. I think it's, unfortunately, that's few and far between. You know, I, I promise you everyone in, because, you know, we had, again, very different sex ed in, in my Christian high school where I, I promise you most of those kids... Well, look, I, I my, my graduating class was the biggest we've ever had, like 60 kids. And I'd say 20% of them got pregnant in high school. I mean, it's, it's like, because they don't have that support system at home uh, to, to fill in the gaps when the education system isn't providing the, the bare minimum. So I think, I think, especially in this circumstance, yeah, that's very, that's super valid. And I think it, it, it's great that his family's willing to do that. It's just unfortunate because I don't think, I, I think that's the minority. It's having the support system that's going to. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I, I, I totally agree. And I think it's, it's a hard area you get into when we, like, I talk about this all the time with educators. It's like. All right, what, is, what are the things the school has to do for students, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, what makes sense? And you get this kind of cloudy area between, like, with, with discussing the issues. What are the issues in education, right? It's like, okay, where is it a crisis in the educational system? And when is it a crisis in, like, the family unit situation? Mm-hmm. And, like, are the, like, those are tied together, but it's very complicated to solve for one and solve for the other. And like discern, okay, where do we make changes? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a hairy situation for sure. Oh no, I, again, do not envy you. I think I think you have a, it's 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 a it's a tough position to be in, where you're trying to walk that fine line. Well, Lucas, if yeah. because you're so the one I, you're oh good, good. I just have a question for you. So, like, it doesn't have to be about your your uh, private school experience, but, like, you know, I, I always have conversations with, with my colleagues about, you know, just trying to understand our own, like, biases and things like that mm-hmm. in, in the education system growing up, you know. And, uh, you know, you think back to all these moments in high school that really – or even before that really informed like the person that you are mm-hmm. and all the like really weird quirks that you develop over time. You, you, you become this person and you're like, wait, I can trace this thing back to that moment. Do you have like one of those, one of those moments in, in your schooling experience where you're like, Oh, that's where Jenny became Jenny. <laughs> I mean, I'd say it's more from, it's not necessarily from the education itself, but I think uh, like, comedy as a defense mechanism is something I got from school. Like if you, if you've ever been bullied at all, I think you need to find a way to kind of make yourself not be the, the brunt of the joke and be the person making them. So I think that's something that was integral to my personality was, was learning that through my peers, uh, (laughs) not necessarily, um, from, this my education itself but from I, I guess it's still the education system right you know we're learning social cues and how to interact with people in in school as much as we're learning you know math and science what about you um i think that like I had this really, I tell this story to my students sometimes, and uh, it was, 
uh, my first day of high school, right? Weird day for everybody, but I distinctly remember this experience. It was like first day of high school, first class I had of the day was a math class. And I was like one of these accelerated math students where as a freshman, I was in a class with juniors and seniors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. So pretty intimidating environment oh, to yeah. come into on your first day 100%. of high school. And, but it was math and I like math. So it was like kind of, and I had a couple other, you know, freshman friends who were in the class. So it wasn't end of the world, but I, I go in I sit down and I remember I was sitting in the front row and the guy next to me sits down and it's a uh, Russian foreign exchange student, 11th grader. Okay. Right. And his name's Ole. Okay. I mean, is it's exactly the name I was expecting, but perfect. Right, right. It's it's very stereotypical, but um, <laughs> uh so we sit down and and we go through the class and you know, he's he's really super friendly like and, and we're doing math and stuff like I think we partnered up at some point that day to do something. And uh and at the end of the class, and, you know, bell rings end of class, uh he as we're getting up, he asked me, "Hey, do you want to after school smoke weed with me in the parking lot? <laughs> and, and me, I'm like this nervous ninth grader, never done anything like that before. I was like, uh, uh, no thanks. <laughs> I just went on my way. But, you know, like, but we, you know, struck up, a, you know, like just a casual relationship. You know, we're friendly with each other. And he was just a really interesting guy to talk to because he was so just different, you know, like different from like everybody else in the class and you know it um it but like something that i like to do is like and something that i'm i always gravitate toward things that are like are people that are just different like Mm -hmm. or like against the mold a little bit Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that sounds kind of like cheesy or whatever No, i I mean look, Uh, the the theme uh, is it's stayed true because the the student you talked about earlier also didn't fit the mold Right, exactly. And it's like, wait, they ha- they have something that is rare that mm-hmm. might be interesting. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I was always drawn to that thing, you know, but don't get too close because he's, now he's doing <laughs> lines of cocaine off his textbook because <laughs> I don't want any part of that. <laughs> I, I can't believe your, your first day of high school was my first day of uh, college because... Almost exactly, except for instead of a Russian guy, it was a drunk girl, and she asked me if I wanted to do shrooms with her. First thing she said to me. Uh, Again, I also was a nervous person, so again, said no, but if only I had said yes. I feel like I really really missed out on that experience. Uh, Shrooms with strangers. Uh, I I could have been the next person you saw on Dateline after they got murdered. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to trip with a stranger. <laughs> Sounds kind of miserable. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, yeah, hundred percent kidding. Yeah, one of the better decisions I've made is not saying yes. Uh, I don't know if you mind if we backtrack a little bit because I'm interested because I think we've come from very different perspectives when it comes to um, our experience with religion. Because I, I'm someone who was engrossed in religion my whole life, basically until I went away to college and and have mostly negative experiences up until recently. I have, I have some friends who are, um, like, one of my friends is, like, actually, like, she had a church congregation, like, is what I think of as, like, an ideal, like, Christian, uh, but had mostly negative experiences until a couple of these people. And then also my, my family, I think, are all good examples of someone who, like, lives, a, like, a faithful life. Uh, but then you, on the other hand, you said your first experience really was in, like, the last five years. Uh, and and how, how are you, like, how do you view it? Is it, is it been mostly positive? Are you, are you still kind of just dipping your feet in the water. Give me information, Lucas. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think the word is like enlightening a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because 
um, you know, I never really, you know, I read the Bible a little bit, you know, I, when I was in college, um, we, we did like a survey course of different re- world religions and things like that. So I knew about it and had read different books, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the gospel basic, you know, the Matthew and all that stuff. Um, that's really, you know, essential to, to popular Christianity. Um, but like j- just reading through, you know, and, and finding different little things in it, um, you know, I was really drew to the book of revelations cause it's like super dark and like, Whoa, Whoa, look at this. Oh my God, the demons and the uh-huh. horsemen, you know, like it's, it's, it's the most exciting book in my opinion. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, like how the world ends. And then Wait, I went into like this. I'm, I'm going to pause you mode. really yeah. quick. So you said he was Jehovah's witness, right? Yeah. He, he's and, Jehovah's witness. And you're yeah. studying cause, uh, Elise's grandma is Jehovah's witness and I, I've had conversations with her, and it seems like uh, the Bible they use is slightly different. Like they, like she doesn't put that much stock in Revelation. Is 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 that also how your your Bible study buddies? No, I mean the the impression that I got from it is they're pretty tight to the New World translation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's not the one that's preferred by you know various. I, I don't know much about which translations are preferred by who, but mm-hmm. uh, that's the one that they use the New World translation, and um, they stick pretty tightly to the to the scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, they have all these other ancillary texts like they're little yes. they, they have these things called watchtower oh, right, yeah, that no, they we, put we, out we, and we it's get like them a periodical you <laughs> <laughs> get sent the watchtower yeah. nice okay yeah, yeah those, those are interesting but like i'm just like you know what if you guys you guys just say it's just it's about the bible that's that's the word of god and um i i just like discussing with him because he's he's a pretty open-minded kid mm-hmm. and and he'll take any question and and any question that he can't answer he's gonna he's gonna throw it up to somebody and like get me talking with them like somebody else who's like much more experienced with it and like i've had these really crazy conversations with these like very learned people about the bible mm-hmm. um and uh it, it's helped me to learn more about it mm-hmm. you know um I, and and they're pretty good about not like pushing on me like, do you believe in God yet? Do you believe in God? Do you believe uh-huh. in God yet? <laughs> like, you know that thing. And, you know they'll they'll ask me the question and I'll I'll say you know this is what I'm gonna say every time. It's like what do you mean by God? Just tell me, uh-huh. tell me what you mean by God, and then maybe I'll have an answer eventually. But um, That's so far, so funny that I included definitions the question then. Not- the, the, in, in the in the in the in the like lightning round, it's funny that like because usually when I ask that question, because it, it, like it's very it's 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 either most of the people in my life are either like devoutly religious or like completely um completely atheist. Like there's nothing in between in in the people in my life. I think I'm kind of I, I consider myself um, agnostic. I'd say I I think. Uh, I, I, I have, I think there's probably a God, but not with, that has interpersonal relationships because I think, uh, I I have a lot of anger issues. I, I, I'm, if I'm being completely honest, it's, it's completely my own anger that makes me think that, uh, and I also, I, I have like two, two like big questions that I keep asking people and no one has answers for me. Uh, and so as soon as someone answers those, hey, I will go one way or the other on that, that agnostic fence. Yeah, I, you got you gotta walk that fence like a cat, right? Like <laughs> exactly. You, you can't, you you can't go like too far each way. You you always gotta not not like consistently second guess your own beliefs, but like check yourself yeah. for like your own um you know your own logical fallacies like what you know where are you stepping in it where are you hypocritical where are you oh, yeah. um you know product of your environment those kinds of things but like um 
don't know. It, it, it's just it's just interesting. It gives me like a new perspective on, uh, you know, processing information and say like, hey, this is how because because so much of the United States is is religious and like that student in my class, I didn't know his background, his experience. Mm-hmm. Now, if I have another religious student in my class, I kind of know what the vibe is behind, you know, yeah. what's going on well, in my I mean, head a little it, bit more. It, it depends. As long as, as long as you're talking about like Judeo-Christian religion, like I think you're going to have a very different, different experience with right. the, some of the more branching religions. But actually, here's what I'll say. Like, it, it it's not just, and this may be me like overgeneralizing, but like the whole um, process of a person uh, being spiritual, mm-hmm. I think I've learned a lot more about it from talking to him about it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, what are the little things that that's doing for us? What are the little benefits of having that spirituality? Yeah. Right? And and are those, like, you're weighing the pros and cons, right? Like, because there's so many things in in modern society that, are problematic, right? Like yeah. there's just all this, all these things that we're trying to solve for, right? Mm-hmm. And is it possible that spiritual belief can solve for some of those, at least in the short term, right? Yeah, I, 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 my, my mother especially would agree with you. I think, uh, I, my, my mom has always said that, uh, you know, a lot of people who have their lives completely figured out but are still unhappy, it's she, she would equate to them not having some kind of guiding force in their life. And I've taken that to mean like just guiding force in general. I think if so, if, if, if say the Bible is what you need to like have some kind of guidance in your life, hundred percent good on you. But that, I think that that's the same void that the Bible could fill is the same void that like, maybe like, um, working out, I uh, can feel like working out in a structured way. I don't mean just like if you occasionally hit the gym, it's going to feel the same needs that the Bible fills, uh, or, or, um, community. I think it, it sometimes is what you need to fill that, that, that void in your life. Um, so I a hundred percent get what you're saying. I, I think, uh, it, it can't, it's just unfortunate because I think there's a, there's a big difference between like being religious and being in a religion. And I think like organized religion is where the issue is. I think a lot of times that's where I, people, people are innately bad. So it's gonna, it's gonna ruin, it's gonna ruin something that could have just been a guiding force in your life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of unintended little things that come out right when when you have something like organized like the institution of religion that needs to be checked too, right? Like that oh, yeah. can have some issues, right? I I'll give you an example. Like I went to so the only holiday that because it's not really a holiday, but the only day of the year that Jehovah's Witnesses celebrate like it's a holiday mm-hmm. is the commemoration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And it happens in the springtime. Um and I went to it one year. He invited me. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll go check it out, see what it's like. It was a really interesting experience, you know? Like, you go there, and all of the men are in charge. Mm-hmm. It's like black and white. Oh, all yeah. the guys are in suits and ties. They're in charge of everything that's going on, and women are just just there to socialize or bring the kids along. Or And so it's very, like cut and dry this is the man's responsibility this is the woman's responsibility um and i was like wow like this is um you know like i've talked to people who would probably be impacted very negatively by that kind of an environment yeah right and it's like it's just interesting because it's so benevolent for these certain people that have selected themselves into the community and so it's yeah it's, it's just like Oh my gosh, I've never seen that dynamic mm-hmm. in such a large scale before. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think most Judeo-Christian religions actually do kind of adhere to that in their own way. I think Jehovah's Witnesses are the most, the most like, staunchly, like, there's there's roles, there's, like, set gender roles. But you look at even, even like, New Age Christianity, 
you look at that and it's and you still they still expect the the man to be the the head of the household the main provider and then it's the woman's job to to serve the husband so it's yeah it's 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 super interesting but it's also like it's weird that people have like clung on to certain things because like i said it's an all judeo-christian religion but like everyone eats shellfish <laughs> And like the Bible says, don't do that. <laughs> so it, it's weird that, <laughs> that that like certain things like have been have been really held on to and been like this is a you know a pillar of our 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 beliefs. But they out here eating shrimp, and I I just don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> yes, the the inherent. Sinfulness of shrimp. Hey, it's very not to be trifled with. It is. You can't mess with shrimp. Shrimp, lobsters, crabs, any bottom feeder out of here. Okay, so, because I, I eventually we're gonna have to start wrapping this up, Lucas. You're 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 too good of a conversationalist. But I do want to touch on one thing because just because like I don't get to talk because I I really I. My, my my friend I told you about who's used to have her own congregation. She's like sixty five years old, the most knowledgeable person I know. We have we constantly have these conversations about religion and just like I I love it because I I think I have a a lot of background and history and, and knowledge and it's interesting to 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 talk to someone who is also deeply immersed in that. Uh, so I I I know it's still fairly new to you. But I want to talk about uh, a specific book of the Bible uh, that just really butters my biscuits. <laughs> so, oh, you froze. Real quick. Okay. I got. I got. Go. Wait. What's the book? <laughs> oh, I hey, I have mine on camera too. It's right there. It's it's the the blue book right there. Uh, Job. So I want to talk about Job because I think it's kind of the, the most messed up book of the Bible. It is, I, it is probably my number one, like, it's my number one hangup, I think. I, it, it, to me, it just feels icky. It's like, is, is how I would describe it. Like, cause it, it, it feels like we're all pawns in this uh, you know, cosmic chess game. And I can't, I can't deal with that. I don't want to feel that small as a person. I, I don't want to feel like, like a, like just absolutely nothing. Cause look, Job, way better person than I'll ever be. That guy, that guy lost everything and was like, you know what? I'm still going to deal with it. And then when he's, when he's lost even more than everything, he, he one time is like questioning God. And then God's like, how dare you? How dare you even consider questioning me? I, so, so I, I just want to hear your take on Job. Um, I think the, I mean, the the kind of rough outline of the story makes sense it's like oh the, the the you know the devil's asserting that he can you know that no that people will forsake god right mm -hmm. and and no matter what god does you know um they're not going to stick with them and so it's it's kind of like that test um i think one of the one of the best metaphors i i stuck with uh, with the bible it's like a court case uh -huh. you know god versus the, the <laughs> devil and devil's trying to like look but like poke holes in god's argument that uh -huh. that you know man is like of god and will never you know not be um and uh so it, i think it's a good example of that yeah i mean but that's just new testament god being really like cantankerous and 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 uh <laughs> what's the word for it uh just mean <laughs> <laughs> yes, it just, yeah, to me, it's always been a story of cruelty, like, because, okay, look, I know at the end of Job, he gives him everything back, right? But here's something people aren't thinking about. 
he lost his family. He just gets a whole new family. Like you're still gonna miss your old family. Like it's not like it's not like it's like a oh I lost my wardrobe in a fire and now I have this new wardrobe. Those are people. Like he, he murdered his family. I think the subtext was Job didn't really like his family in the first place. So he wanted a new family. <laughs> okay, you know if that's your your, your reading of it, you know that makes way more sense because because at, at least in that case, like it's kind of a, a come up for him. I just I I, sure. I just like talking. I mean, about, it happens. I just like talking about Job. I, it just is the most. It's it is genuinely the most baffling book of the Bible to me. Like there's a there's there's some crazy stuff in the Bible, but that will always be the most uh, confounding to me because it just doesn't seem like it, you you have all of this text you know before and after Job about you know this all powerful, all loving, all good being. It just it doesn't seem like the same guy in Job. <laughs> Yeah, I can never really get that immersed in it because I always kept thinking about the character in Arrested Development. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah, that was actually based on the biblical joke. No, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> well, Lucas really did not see this going in this direction, but glad it did because really like these kinds of conversations. Uh, did you have an okay time? Yeah, it was good. I, I was nervous going in, but you're 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 a good host, and you keep it going. Oh, thanks for uh, helping me out. It's 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 honestly just the caffeine I have right before. Like I just I just pump myself full of caffeine so that I I basically black out for the podcast, and then everything's good after. Uh, do you, I, I, well, it's a good thing you record it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, is there anything you wanted to plug or like any charitable organizations you want to shout out? Anything, anything you want to plug? Um, I mean, we talked about education, so plug in education, keep the public education <laughs> system going, um, support creative new ideas in that area. That's all I'll say. That's the best plug we've ever had. Don't tell any of the other guests. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> we're, we're live every uh, Wednesday on Twitch. And then you can catch the show later uh, on whatever platform of your choice. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having that. Uh, bye.